Let's pray. Father, I give you this time. Thank you for the songs that we've already sung that uh, just enabled us to just express our love for you, our, our praise to you, our worship of you. Father, as we come into your word now, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes to see you and to, as a result, experience life and freedom as you intend us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I want you to just think about that. That's going to be kind of where we're thinking this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So this is Fourth of July long weekend, and you can tell because everybody has a little better, better suntans than they did before. Um, it's our annual celebration of loud noises and freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Moshe Dayan, he was an Israeli freedom fighter and eventually became Minister of Defense for Israel. He said, freedom is the oxygen of the soul. I like that. It's the same freedom that peoples have longed for. That's what we celebrate uh, for centuries. People who have been oppressed and brutalized by tyrants, whether, um, I don't know if you all look at Google News like I do, but whether it's remembering black South Africans chafing under apartheid as Nelson Mandela is on life support, 94 years old, and South Africa is mourning his going, just such a key figure in the liberating of black South Africans chafing under apartheid, or whether it was African Americans in the United States chafing under slavery. Um, I was talking to Marta, who's living with us from Donosti in um, Basque country. Her grandfather was living in Hernika, or Guernica, is that right? Guernica? Um, in 1937, April 1937, when Franco um, had German aircraft bomb Guernica. Um, and wipe out a thousand people. One of the travesties among the history of the Basque people. Um, it's immortalized by Pablo Picasso in his painting, Guernica, uh, to help remind and remember the oppression of, of that time for the Basque people. Um, I, I have to confess, and I've said it before, that one of my favorite remembrances of freedom is the heart-rending cry of William Wallace 
Uh, whether or not he actually did it, I don't know. But as immortalized in Braveheart, just before he dies, when he screams out, freedom. Uh, we actually went to the William Wallace Monument in Scotland. It was neat. What is true freedom, though? Uh, you know, as we talk about peoples who are oppressed and, and in need of liberation and people being liberated and freed, what is true freedom? Um, a Greek Stoic philosopher, Epictetus, said, is freedom anything else than the right to live as we wish, to do as we please, to say what we want to say, to do what we want to do? Uh, a little bit more well-known person, Angelina Jolie, said this. She said, the truth is I love being alive and I love being free so if I can't have those things, then I feel like a caged animal and I'd rather not be in a cage, I'd rather be dead. If I can't do what I want, if I can't live as I please, can I still be free? Human beings, we all crave freedom, don't we? I think we crave freedom because, because freedom is what we were created for. But what is the freedom that we were created for? That, that's really the heart of what, where we want to end up today and how can we then truly be free. Um, what is the freedom? What is true freedom? Uh, just a couple examples of how freedom can easily become skewed and, and we, when we think we have it all, when we've achieved it all, when when we have the ability to be free, how, how so often we end up not being free at all. Um, one example is Mike Tyson. Any, is that a familiar name to very many of you? Okay, now we know those of you who are boxing fans. Mike Tyson at one time was the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And he said this, he said, real freedom, and this is, this is powerful because it really kind of reveals what his life ended up to be. He said, real freedom is having nothing. I was freer when I didn't have a cent. It's a powerful statement because Mike Tyson, though he achieved success as a heavyweight boxer of the world and, and was seeming invincible until he was knocked out by Buster Douglas, uh, began making headlines for a different reason. Um, his marriage ended in a bitter divorce battle. In 1992, this is, he was the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, a multimillionaire. 1992, he was convicted of rape, spent three years in prison. Um, when he got out, his comeback was stymied when he bit off a chunk of Evander Hollander's ear uh, in the middle of a boxing match. Not the usual kind of thing. Maybe MMA, they do that now, I don't know. Um, he was jailed briefly again in 1999 and at a 2002 press conference announcing his upcoming bout with his opponent, Lennox Lewis, he attacked him at the press conference and bit his leg. I, as I read that, I thought, 
he, he has a more of a biting problem than my grandson does, <laughs> the, uh, who bites me all the time. Or at least he licks me. He, likes, he has a thing with the mouth. Um, but obviously, so did Mike Tyson. Um, was Mike Tyson free? You'd think. He had everything you would think that success and money could achieve, and yet it seems that he was a slave. Um, one, one other illustration, Silvio Berlusconi. Anybody know that name? Marta and Paola might. He was, he's the former prime minister of Italy. Um, uh, he was just, just recently he, he was the prime minister um, in the news just two weeks ago. Um, he was convicted of having sex with an underage prostitute and abusing the power of his office. And he's been sentenced to seven years in jail and banned from public office. A man that had the freedom to do really anything he wanted, uh, prime minister of Italy, and he used that freedom in wild parties with underaged prostitutes. Um, it seems that freedom easily leads to folly. Thinking that freedom means doing and being and saying whatever anyone wants to do and be and say, I'm free. Is that what freedom is? Well, if it is, uh, the consequences for Mike Tyson and Silvio Berlusconi were, were horrendous. And, and they are for a lot of us, too. Because in reality, thinking that that is freedom, in reality, all it is is really being a slave to our sinful desires. And it's this misunderstanding and mispursuit of freedom that seems to permeate our world today and, and, and has led a lot of us not to freedom, not to the freedom that Jesus set us free to enjoy, but, but into a life of even more slavery. It seems. So what is true freedom? I, I love a couple of Chris Tomlin songs that I just am going to read a few little phrases that I think capture for us the heart of what freedom is intended for us to be, those of us who know Jesus Christ as the one who has set us free. In Chris Tomlin's song, Made to Worship, it says this, you and I were made to worship. You and I are called to love. You and I are forgiven and free. And when you and I embrace surrender, when you and I choose to believe, then you and I will see what we were meant to be. I like that phrase. And it's repeated again in this next song, in his song, The Way I Was Made. And this is freedom in my mind. It says, I want to live like there's no tomorrow. I want to dance like no one's around, and that's the only time I'd ever dance. Except if my wife was around, you know. I want to sing like nobody's listening. That's great for somebody who's tone deaf and just wants to sing, you know. Before I lay my body down, I want to give like I have plenty. Just 
the freedom to give. I want to love like I'm not afraid. And so many of us are just so afraid to love. Really, just to love. And then it says that I want to be the man I was meant to be. I want to be the way I was made. And I think he captures beautifully what freedom is intended to be. For those of us who know Jesus Christ, to remember that it was in his image that we were created. To live an intimate relationship with him, that's freedom. To live, just live. Because we're in unhindered, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet, though we were created in the image of God to have that intimate relationship with him, as we look in the Bible, we know that, that, that sin came and separation came. And instead of living in free relationship with God, we see it with Adam and Eve from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, created just to enjoy God and enjoy the angels and enjoy the animals talking as they were back then. Sin entered in the world and immediately fear came and shame and guilt and and they hid from God and they were cast out of the garden and that unhindered freedom that God created us to enjoy life and love and joy and pleasure in relationship with God was broken and we became slaves to sin and our sinful desires. But that's why Jesus came, right? That's why Jesus came. He came. It's why he came. It's why he died. It's why he rose from the dead and it's why he lives in heaven so that we could again be back in intimate relationship with him. A couple of verses. Galatians 1.4 says that it was Jesus who gave himself for our sins so that he might free us from this present evil age. Luke 4.18 and 19 says that Jesus came to proclaim freedom to the captives and to set free those who are oppressed. Jesus did everything that was needed to be done in order for us to live free. It's that simple. Jesus did on the cross and rising from the dead everything that was needed to be done that we could again live free in relationship with God. So the question, and we're getting back to this, my initial phrase, are you enjoying the freedom that Jesus purchased for you? Are you truly free? Or are you living in captivity, in slavery, to your sinful desires. Are you a slave to anger? You know, one of those road rage people? Are you a slave to unforgiveness? Is there someone that you just can't forgive? Are you a slave to unforgiveness? To bitterness? To lust? Like Silvio Berlusconi? to greed, to impatience, to pride, to the past? Or to some addiction? Our task this morning 
is how can we truly be free? Jesus purchased our freedom to live in intimate relationship with God. But are we living, experiencing that freedom? In Galatians 5.1, it says, Paul says, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. But are we living in that freedom? Are we experiencing it? Or are we, like I said, are we slaves to anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, lust, impatience, addictions, or the past? 2 Corinthians 3.17. This is the, what I quoted earlier. I want you to think about it. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And what we want to do this morning is, I just want to look at three reasons why where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and to just appeal to us, as Paul does in Galatians chapter 5 and Romans chapter 8, to walk by the Spirit. To let the Spirit live in us and through us so we can be experiencing the freedom that Christ purchased for us and not be living in slavery to our sinful desires. Three reasons why where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The first is truth. Truth. If you want to look, turn, turn with me to John 8, if you would. John chapter 8. We're going to look at a few verses here. John chapter 8, verse 31. And these are all great verses about freedom. John 8, 31, it says, Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that's the truth about Jesus. That's not just some lofty truth. Jesus says, if you continue in my words, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth in the life. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And this is incredible, actually, that they say this because if you know, these Jews who are responding to Jesus right now and says we've never been enslaved to anyone, their whole history is in slavery to other empires. And in fact, right now, as they're speaking to him, they're slaves of what? The Roman Empire. And yet, yeah, that's kind of how it is with us, isn't it? We don't want to admit our slavery. We want to act like we're free. <laughs> we're living it up. This is life. This is freedom. When all along, we're slaves to our sinful desires, to our past, to our addictions. Jesus answered them, verse 34, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. Verse 36, so if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. But how can we know that freedom? Jesus says you'll know the truth, and the truth you'll set you free. How can we know that truth? Turn to John 14, if you would, and we find out where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. John 14, verse 16. 
And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. John 14, 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father when I leave, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever because he will be in us. That is the spirit of truth. So the spirit is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you and he is in us. Flip over to verse 25, John 14, 25. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Flip over to verse, chapter 16, verse 12. John 16, 12. Jesus says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom, because the spirit of the Lord is the one sent by the Father to dwell in us and lead us to the truth to an understanding of the truth. You know, too often, the point here is that too often, I think we base our freedom on feelings rather than facts, the truth. Don't we? How we feel as opposed to what is true. Question I want to just leave with you as we, we go on to the next point is is your being free dependent on how you feel or the spirit leading you into all the truth? It's the truth that sets free. Man, our feelings are so fickle and are so dominated so often by our sinful desires. It's the spirit who leads us into the truth about Jesus, and it's that truth that truly sets us free. Not momentary feelings or sinful desires or, or passions, but the truth of who we are in Jesus. Truth. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, because it's the Spirit that leads us into the truth that sets us free. Number two, identity. In 1 John 3, 1, John says, see how great a love the Father has shown us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Look at Ephesians, if you would. One other, Ephesians chapter 1. Paul echoes this. Children of God, that is what we are. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says, In love, the Father predestined, or he purposed us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in Christ, adoption sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's our identity in Christ, those of us who have trusted Jesus as our Savior. 
If you turn to Romans chapter 8, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because in Romans chapter 8, it says it is the role of the Holy Spirit to help us understand that and see that. Romans 8, chapter 15. Romans 8, 15, Paul says, You have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. So many of us are slaves to fear, aren't we? All different kind of fears that grip us. But notice, you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, and we could say daughters, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Daniel talked about this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit, is to witness, to testify with our spirits that we're His, that we're children of God. That that's our identity. But too often, I think we think of freedom as being about rules or the absence of rules rather than about relationship with God. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit tell you who you are in Christ? Or are you believing the lies of what you've been told by others or in your past? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom because the, the Spirit of the Lord testifies with our spirit as we seek Him that we're children of God, that that's who we really are and we're not what the world says we are or our past says we are or what others says we are, but we're adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God. And that's freeing. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? We can dance like nobody's looking. We can sing like nobody's listening. We can, because we are in relationship as sons and daughters with the Most High God. And so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom because the Spirit of the Lord leads us into the truth. And the truth is Jesus. It's to know Him. And the Spirit of the Lord testifies with our spirit what our true identity is. And, and then finally, um, you know, it's kind of we have that T sound, um, truth, identity, dynamite. That's, that's the third one. If you go back to Ephesians chapter 1, and to me, this is, it kind of captures it and, and brings it all together in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, the important role of the Holy Spirit in helping us to live free. The ability of the Holy Spirit to lead us into the truth and to open our eyes to who we are in Christ in the scriptures is equated literally to dynamite. That's the word. Dunamis is the word for power that is translated power in, in English. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, Paul says, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And it's, it's referring to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would then, notice what it says, verse 18, 
that would open the eyes of our hearts, that they'd be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe. One more verse, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians 3.14, Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the rich of his, riches of his glory to be strengthened with, it's that word dynamite, dunamis, with power through his spirit in the inner man that Jesus would dwell in our hearts through faith and that we would, being rooted and grounded in love, would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that we would be filled up to all the fullness of God. Power. Dynamite. I think too often we think as we look at our own failures and our own weaknesses and our own repeatedly tripping up and falling on our faces and and giving in to our sinful passions and desires, too often we think that freedom is impossible. Because we live in the flesh, and that's all we can live, we think at times. Because we live in the flesh instead of relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. But the power of the Holy Spirit is there for us to live in freedom. Are you free? Or are you enslaved by unforgiveness, the past, pride, lust, anger, addictions? I mentioned Nelson Mandela earlier. He was set free after spending 27 years in prison. Incredible. And you think that after he got out of prison and what he went through for 27 years, unjustly imprisoned, uh, that he would come out wanting revenge, full of hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. But incredible man, Nelson Mandela, set free after spending 27 years in prison, became the first black president of South Africa, forgiving his enemies, bringing about reconciliation between blacks and whites, and winning the Nobel Peace Prize. He was free. He was free. He, he wasn't like a, a Mike Tyson or a Silvio Berlusconi, you know, abusing freedom and experiencing freedom and thinking, ah, I can just do whatever I want. I can abuse. I can use. An amazing man who, when set free, was truly lived in freedom. On the contrary, just two examples in the scriptures about Demas in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. This is what Paul says about Demas. A follower of Jesus and a disciple of Paul, as Paul was in, in prison and about ready to die, he says this about Demas. He says, having loved this present world, he has deserted me and gone back to Thessalonica. Set free and yet loving this present world, following its passions and desires, no longer free. 
One more verse, Philippians 3, 18 and 19. Paul describes many who had been set free by Christ. And he says, but they walk. He says, of whom I have often told you. And he says, I now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. And this is the phrase that, that just gets me. It says, whose God is their appetite their fleshly desires. Their glory is in their shame. They set their mind on earthly things. And in Romans 8 and Galatians 5, that's what Paul says the battle is. It's between the flesh and the spirit. It's for freedom that Jesus has set us free. <laughs> to live in the freedom of intimacy with God, the creator of our universe, the image that he created us to live in. Are we living in that freedom? Are we following our sinful passions and desires? You know, these people in Demas and these people that Paul's referring to in Philippians, probably like a lot of us, they thought they were living it up. I mean, it's life. It's freedom. When all the time they were merely slaves to their own sinful desires. Are you free? Are we free? Galatians 5.1 is for freedom that Jesus set us free. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, and we're living and walking with him, there's going to be truth, and it's the truth that sets us free. When we're living in relationship to the Spirit, we're going to be understanding who we are as sons and daughters, and we're going to be experiencing his power and realizing that it's not impossible to live in freedom when we're living in relationship to the Spirit of God. Just as we pray, my, my prayer would be that we here today would once again instead of just thinking it's impossible or, or living in slavery to our desires, would afresh come before God the Holy Spirit would say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, like Paul writes in Ephesians 1 and 3, open my eyes, help me to see, help me to live in light of who I am as a son or daughter of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, I thank you that, that you purchased our freedom. Father, I thank you that it's for freedom that you set us free. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that your role is to help us to live in that freedom. To live free. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us to seek your face, to seek your power, and to walk with you and to live free. In Jesus' name, amen.